right, well, so as we wrapped up, there was actual um, breaking news after the trade deadline, and it was sad breaking news. Um, long-time voice of the Dodgers, Vin Scully, has died. Um, so my memories of Vin, obviously, um, like when I think of Vin, the thing I think of is, maybe I can find it and I can put it in this thing because I think I have a recording of it. So when the Cubs made the playoffs in 89 against the Giants, so that was in the news last week because of the Will, Will Clark's Clark. jersey retirement and the whole cover-your-mouth fastball-in thing. Um, Vin did an incredible opening for Game 1, which he wrote himself, and it's, mm-hmm. um, it's great. And I always think of that when I think of Vin. She stands alone on the corner of Clark and Addison, this dowager queen, dressed in basic black, and pearls, 75 years old, proud head held high and not a hair out of place, awaiting yet another date with destiny, another time for Mr. Wright. She dreams, as old ladies will, of men gone long ago. Joe Tinker. Johnny Evers. Frank Chance and of those of recent vintage, like her man Ernie. And the lion. And sweet Billy Williams. Uh, for Ronnie Sano, for Ernie Banks and myself who performed here and couldn't bring that pennant home to Chicago fans, it's certainly a great pleasure for us to stand on the sideline and look out there and see the Chicago Cubs playing in the playoff game and of course playing in the World Series. And she thinks wistfully of what might have been. And the pain is still fresh and new. And her eyes fill, her lips tremble, and she shakes her head ever so slightly. And then she sighs, pulls her shawl tightly around her frail shoulders and thinks, this time, this time it will be better. Um, And then... You know, you think of, obviously, like, iconic moments, the Kirk Gibson home run and stuff like that. But what I remember about Vin most was when I first uh, was living on my own, um, My I moved into my grandpa's old house, and he had a, one of those big satellite dishes, which we'd had, too, at, my, at the farm when I grew up. And so I could watch all the baseball games. And um, unlike at home, I had that thing, I could watch them in my bedroom. And I would throw a Dodger game on at night, and as I was falling asleep, Vin would just be doing the game. And the, there, there's a weird sensation, because he's working alone, that after a while, it, you, as you started to drift off, you felt like Vin was literally just talking to you. And then you get this weird feeling like there was, at the time, like a 70-year-old man in your bedroom. It got a little creepy. But I got over that. Um, so what are your, what are your memories of, uh, of Vin Scully? Well, I got a chance. I had a chance to interview him once when I was working for Yahoo and my colleague over there at Big Leagues 2, Kevin Kaduck, he informed me just now that Vin had died and uh, he put up a, he sent me the link to the interview from like 12 years ago. And it was, uh, I mean, it was as cool as you could imagine. And uh, I don't think he, he broke any news or anything, but he, one of the things that he mentioned was that he, he liked to, chew on or suck on Jolly Ranchers 
so, uh, because he didn't like to drink during games because it would cause him to go to the bathroom. And he uh, was able to stay, you know, in the booth and not have to run off too much to the bathroom because uh, um, Jolly Ranchers uh, kept him um, <laughs> kept him moist. And again, getting in a <laughs> creepy area, but it kept his mouth moist and he didn't have to drink so much during games. And I just thought that was really cool. I don't think that was the first time that he mentioned that, but it was the first time he mentioned it to me. So it was just really neat to meet Vince Scully, and he was in person just as he was on the air, uh, you know, a little less professional, a little more friendly, but still the same dude. And, um, you know, that's something I'll never forget. And um, probably watching him, my favorite memories of him probably would be among them would be like the 83 All-Star Game, which was in Chicago that I went to. Uh, but we also recorded on the, v- on the, on the old uh, VHS and uh, – he did a you know an amazing intro with for that game with Joe Gargiola and it was a it was a, a big win for the American League after they lost so many in a row and you know he was his poetic self at the height of it at that time and um, you know that's that's always going to be my favorite Vin Scully game and uh, but I, I remember the same kinds of stuff that you do too with him it's just uh, uh, we were lucky to have him all these years and there's a real art to working alone. Yeah, you know he. The thing he was great at was he would do this. He would, and for the most part, he did it himself. And then later in life, he had somebody who would help him do research into this stuff. But he would, he would have these stories about players that he could because he's working by himself. He could, he could fill a whole half inning, or even go into the next half inning and just tell this long story about somebody, right? And just seamlessly work it into the game that he was calling. Um, it was always really, it, you, you know, there were things you would learn about, um, not even just baseball. Sometimes he would put, right. you know, if it was like a, if it was a holiday, he'd give you the history of the holiday right. while you were watching the game. He was forcing you to become educated <laughs> against your will. Um, but he would tie it in somehow to what was going on in the game or just generally with baseball. It wasn't non sequiturs or anything like that, but it was, uh, it was relevant yeah. to, uh, to what you were watching in some form. And it's, uh, you know, you're right. There's a, an art to making that, to executing that on TV, but, you know, he, or, you know, his helper or whatever, uh, did a great job, uh, in a journalism sense, you know, researching and telling us stuff either that other reporters hadn't gotten or hadn't widely gotten, um, you know, making these interesting stories about the players and the managers and the coaches and the other figures of the game that, uh, you know, no matter how original or, you know, maybe secondary it was, uh, took a lot of work and research to do to make happen. And then, you know, TV, as much as we like to make fun of the people on TV, it is a hard job to not look like an idiot up there and uh, know what you're talking about and communicating it. And uh, and he was about as good as anybody. And uh, like a lot of times, um, you know, and with the Dodgers a lot, uh, he in, especially later in life, he did work alone on the air too he didn't have a color announcer they had people that would take over for him in other innings but he was by himself in his later years and uh, that's all you needed he really didn't want anybody else talking if Vince Scully was going to be there but he he made it work yeah because I think he did all through later and because he he, for years he they simulcast he did he was the Dodger announcer and then later in years he would do the first three would be simulcast and then Charlie Steiner and Rick Monday would hop on um, right. 
and do innings four through whatever. And then Vin stopped traveling, so the radio team and the TV team were different for road games. Um, but you know, he, they, he, he. I think I don't think he talked about, it, but there was a profile about him you know, during their heyday, probably in the '60s and '70s, where um, if you went to a Dodger game, it's just sitting in the stands, you would hear Vin mm. because so many people had a transistor radio. Right. And just have it on. And so you could sit and watch the game at Dodger Stadium and and hear him call it. Right. As it was happening. Amazing. Yeah. Well, that's too bad. He, um, you know, there's, we're getting, baseball's hanging on a little more than other sports. There are fewer and fewer of those kind of unique voices. Um, right. And so when you get one, it's nice to, um, it's sad that they're gone. Obviously, he retired, but um, yeah, it's also rare to have somebody who was kind of had the universal approval rating of Vince Scully. You didn't hear a lot of people going, "I hate that SOB Vince Scully." So, right. Um, all right. Well, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that, and we got a chance to to give our two cents. Yes. Uh, welcome back to another exciting edition of the Pointless Exercise podcast. Uh, recording this on trade deadline day. And there were some big trades around the league. And the Cubs put the dead in deadline uh, by apparently thinking the deadline was at like 2.30. And so they just stopped making any trades. And they still have some guys that and we pretty much were sure they were going to trade. So anyway, with me to break it all down is uh, Bally MLB senior writer David Brown. David, how are things going? Hi, Andy. Things are going great. I I had prepared or thought I was going to prepare for more Cubs action than we got. I think we all thought there was going to be more Cubs action than we got. Um, so obviously the big news. Well, there were two. I think there were probably two bits of big news, and we'll get to the we get this first one a little bit later. Uh, Juan Soto actually getting traded. And the other one was Wilson Contreras not getting <laughs> traded, which makes no sense. Absolutely none. The Cubs literally haven't talked, had a serious contract uh, extension talks with him since 2017. <laughs> is, it, is it 2018 this year? No, it's 2022. He's two months away from being a free agent. And by not trading him for anything... All they'll get if they give him the qualifying offer. <laughs> you just see the Cubs be like, "Oh no, no, we're worried he might uh, sign it." Uh, is they'll get a good old-fashioned sandwich pick, pick somewhere in the probably the high 30s for Wilson Contreras. And I knew it. I as the trade deadline was was creeping towards five o'clock central, and the Cubs still hadn't made a trade. And it wasn't even the fact that they hadn't traded him yet. It's the fact that there weren't like any, this team is close or this, there was no rumors about anything. I thought, oh, this is bad. Um, I knew that there would be like some cub friendly writers who would immediately try to position this as, you know what? This is, this is actually really smart because that, that comp pick, not only is it an extra draft pick, but then you're going to get more money in your draft pool next year. To which I simply reply, if you can't trade the best catcher in the National League and get more than the value of like the 38th pick in the draft, you probably have the wrong job. You make a good point. The uh, 
I mean, that is a that is a rationalization to beat them all, and um, it's like you know, literally better than nothing. Getting better than nothing for him, but uh, it, maybe the they're going to pick and uh, open up those contract negotiations for the first time in six years. <laughs> you know what, Wilson? We were we we've always loved you, and. Um... Not we're, we don't feel like we're stuck with you. We just we want to keep you here for another five or six years. Suddenly, it was um, the whole thing has just been dumb. Like he's he's literally the best catcher they have had since Gabby Hartnett. <laughs> he's he's In the 30, he's thirty years old. He's not thirty five years old. He's thirty years old. In an era now where you have a DH, and he has been, he served as the DH quite a bit this year, and he's actually good at it. He also was a late co- convert to catcher. Like, he didn't start right. catching until he was in his, like, 20, he was like 22 or 23 when he started catching. So he doesn't have, like, all these miles on it. The one thing that he's always gotten criticized for, even though he's a lot better at it than he used to be, is framing pitches. And if baseball goes to the old robot strike zone, <laughs> You, there will be no pitch framing. It's like the it's it's all of this stuff has been like, you know, kind of converging to make him more valuable. <laughs> and the Cubs every year are just like, eh, that's not he's that's fine. So they, the the it was completely defensible for them to have like just tried to sign him, and maybe had they tried to sign him, and it just turned out that like they just. You know, they're making him competitive offers and him and his agent are like, nah, I'm worth a lot more than that. Then maybe you can kind of see the um, then maybe if they didn't trade him, you'd think, all right, maybe they're just going to reopen it. But they haven't. They haven't tried to sign him. They haven't tried to keep him. And we know they're not going to keep him. We know that as much as you can know anything that hasn't happened yet. We know they're not going to try to keep him. And so they effectively got the bare minimum. for him, which is a comp pick now. I just, uh, I'm not happy about it. I don't know if you can tell. I think I'm hiding it. Rather yeah, well. you, you seem perturbed. Yeah. yeah. Right, rightly so. Um, you know, you mentioned that, uh, I think you mentioned, or maybe we, you were talking off the air. It all comes together. It all sort of goes together. Um, that, you know, we weren't hearing any talk you know it's like you sort of knew when the deadline was coming that nothing was going to happen because we hadn't heard that anything was close yeah um before today and the last couple of days uh do we remember hearing possible destinations like the, where where did we think maybe he would go the two places that he was connected to the most the mets a lot right and the padres a little bit so obviously there's the theory that the, the Cubs have been talking to the Padres about a big trade, a trade that would have Wilson Contreras and Ian Happ and at least one of the relievers in it. And then the Cubs would get, you know, um, would actually get a top prospect in return. And maybe they would do the thing that the, everybody's been clamoring for, all the big baseball big brains, be take Eric Hosmer, and then yeah. you'll get an extra prospect if you eat that salary. And that it's so that's very likely if that was the um, – the trade that the Cubs thought they had the most momentum on, all of a sudden the last few days, it was, well, the Padres 
if they can get Juan Soto, why wouldn't you want to get Juan Soto? And the and AJ Preller and his must up hair just spent you know a week only thinking about Juan Soto. Because um, we were, if Cub fans were in this weird situation this morning, where the, obviously the three teams most connected to Soto were the Padres, the Dodgers, and the Cardinals, and no Cub fan wanted to see Juan Soto end up on the Cardinals. Right. And so then there was the thought about, okay, well, if the, we need the maybe the Padres, they seem like the, they're the most likely team to just pay whatever to get him. So we probably need the Padres to do that, but that might mean then that Wilson has to go somewhere else because they're going to run out of prospects to trade. And that could be what happened. But if it, that's if you're a general manager, a president of baseball, whatever, you probably if you have what is probably uh, the second best position player to trade, you probably should have a plan B somewhere. You probably shouldn't right. be sitting there on deadline day going, "Oh no, we're screwed." The one place I thought we could trade him, we can't trade him to now. <laughs> you, you had to have uh, there had to be somebody out there that wanted to give you more than a you know some pick in the thirties a year from now. Um, but so we have there the- wasn't. We have the Juan Soto trade screwing up the return for a potential return for Contreras. Yeah, and maybe and we have to. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah. On the other coast, we have the Mets, who uh, almost ran in place. I mean, they did a couple deals, including one with the Cubs. Yes. For I mean, it's not like they didn't know the number. You know, <laughs> they get Michael Givens uh, to New York, but I guess Wilson Contreras. I don't know. There were a bunch of other trades and scenarios where people were, I saw good Mets fans complaining about GM Billy Epler just being, you know, having his hand in the chicken switch and unwilling to make any large deals. So not willing to, to move a lot of their minor league stock. So, you know, and I heard that was the case for maybe Soto and other players that, they, you know, they, they didn't, they weren't interested in doing that, especially because Contreras was going to be a free agent. Yeah. Uh, I I think it's industry wide that teams teams overvalue their prospects. Yeah, like the last thing they ever want to do is trade a young, controllable, i.e., cheap player and have him bust out somewhere else. Um, but that's stupid. Um, because you can look at the um, just all you got to do is go back five years and look at the top fifty prospects. And you'll laugh yourself through a big hunk of that list. All these guys that everybody right. thought were going to be good. That you're like, I remember that guy. I don't remember this guy. Uh, you you have prospects for two reasons. You have them to come up and play on your team. And you have them to trade to get other players to play on your team. And if you're a team like the Mets, who has done, you know, spent the whole offseason just throwing money around trying to get guys to win a World Series. And you have this really good team. And then you somehow get paralyzed at the trade deadline. And there was some... Uh, you know, some people were wondering if the fact that they traded Pete Crow Armstrong to the Cubs last year when he was hurt, and it turns out that Pete might actually be really good, that that made them even more gun shy to send another prospect to the Cubs. And if that's how you're operating, you you're not very good at your job. What was that? Was that the bias? That was bias. That right? was hobby. Yeah. And other than the early when they when the Mets were flipping everybody off. Um, and Steve Cohen wanted to cut Javi. Javi played really well for them. He did. So they actually did. And they chose not to keep him. So And they knew that coming in. They weren't going to keep him. 
So that trade worked for them. Right. Plus, as good as Pete has been this year with his weird oversized name on his shirt, he's at, like, he's at, is he even, I think he's in South Bend, he's at Class A. Right. It's going to be a while. There's a lot of guys who've been really good. In class, the Cubs know. The Cubs have had lots of guys who were really good in Class A, and they were like, oh, that, that guy never did anything. Right. But, yeah, it's easy for teams to, like, paralyze themselves. The other, uh, I was really hoping for an Ian Happ trade. Um, because I just don't think Ian Happ's that good. Right. And I have a feeling that the reason Ian Happ wasn't traded was because there are a lot of general managers who just agree with me. <laughs> and you're like, yo, that's, yeah, he's, he's, he's versatile. He's a switch hitter. And he can, he used, you used to pretend that he could play second base, which he really couldn't. And he yeah. can kind of play center, but not very well. And he's, he's, Supposedly been great in left. He robbed a robbed Paul DeJong, 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 Grey Poupon of a um, yes of a home run, of a home run today. DeJong, yeah, DeJong. like like he's in sticks. Paul DeJong. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, is he one of those DeJongs? They were from like Palos Park, I think. Um, Different spelling. Oh, um, I I am just of the feeling that if you if you take a hundred game sample of an outfielder, you probably are not really getting that good of a picture of their defensive aptitude. Like you can, you can trick the defensive stats for half a season. I kind of think that's what he's doing. He's a corner outfielder who has nine home runs and has a four thirty six slug. Right. And it's like, I think a lot of teams like, yeah, he's pretty good, but why would I give you something for him? I could shake a tree. And a reasonable facsimile. I mean, the Yankees traded for basically the the pure left-handed version of him when they got Andrew Benatendi. He's actually mm-hmm. a better player than he is because he's a better athlete than he is. Um, so that really didn't surprise. I I just I wanted them to trade him because I feel like he's literally right now. This is most valuable he'll ever be, and they'll never get whatever they got offered today. They'll never even get that again because he's you'd get him for two months plus next year. He's cheap. He's having a good year. We've seen him have good stretches before and then just completely fall off the map to where it looks like he's never seen a baseball before. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of had a feeling that um, I think maybe their best way of trading him was to package him. And then when the other guys, they couldn't package, then they're just, oh, we want to keep him all along. The other thing is the the Cubs have been really frustrating this year in that they, they put together a bad team on purpose. They knew they weren't going to win. They do this, you, you do not assemble this team if you think you're going to win. But they have just enough guys who they should know aren't going to be around when they're good playing that the few good, the few young players they have that you'd like to look at, they're not, get, they're not getting very much playing time. Yeah. And left field was going to be a spot where um, Clint, don't call me Clint, Jackson Frazier could come up and wander around in for the last two months and you could give him one more shot, give him the kind of the extended playing time that he hasn't really ever had, except for the time he got hurt. And you can make a decision on him. Like, okay, he can't, he proved he can't play so we can move on or eh, maybe he can. Or uh, the great Narciso Crook, who I just like his name. I wanted to see Narciso play. They, they don't give consistent time to Nelson Velasquez, who actually might be good. Um, so you just you got another guy out there. Cap's going to play. Ross is going to play Hap in left field every day. And we know what Ian Hap is. And he's just going to be there. And it's like, okay, great. 
So it was it was just a bad day all around because they it's it just it should, if they had a plan they had they literally had one plan and when they couldn't follow that one plan then they were just <clears throat> paralyzed they didn't know what to do and that's not great and it was it was strange because yesterday they made a trade that I actually thought holy crap I think they might have a plan and that was when they traded a bullpen guy that nobody expected they were going to trade. They traded the great Scott Efros to right. the Yankees, a guy who's actually really good and is relatively young. He's 28, but he's got five years of control. Precious, Yeah, but a rookie, 28-year-old yeah. rookie, basically. Um, and the Yankees were certainly and – and, and they got a better return than you typically would get for a middle reliever because he's good and he's young and he's controllable. And the Yankees are like, okay, take our fourth-rated prospect, Hayden hmm. – <laughs> What's his Hayden? What's his name? I'll learn it if um, he ever makes it to the big leagues. Wisniewski, Wisniewski. Oh, I think he's gonna. Yeah. Um, I it, that seemed like okay. That's a that's a that's the kind of trade Wisniewski, that they yes. that's the kind of trade that they should be making. It's like oh, there it is. They figured it out. And then a day later, right. you're like they that was blind squirrel and a nut. I think right. yesterday. So. I mean, they kind of did that with the David Robertson trade. Um, they got uh, the guy with the two B's in his name. I've been very excited about this, so I can't remember anybody's. Um, another thing, kind of a one of the Phillies' top ten prospects, a starting pitcher, Ben and Brown. No relation. Ben Brown. Yes, that's right. Your your nephew. And then they traded Michael Givens to the Mets, and they got uh, Saul Gonzalez. Is he Gonzalez? That's right. Um, and that was it. That was the haul for all that for a season of crap that we've put up with. Their whole plan was we're gonna get we're gonna get these guys and um, we're gonna sign some veterans that we're gonna flip and we're gonna cash in Wilson and maybe Hap if he you know. And at the end of the day, they made five trades. One of them was Dixon Machado, so that doesn't even count. And they got they got maybe three guys for all that. Ricks and Ivy, Dixon Machado. And they did get in the uh, Chris Martin trade. They got Zach McKinstry, who not can't be a real name, right? So, who someone compared to a left-handed David Bodie. Oh, wow. And I think Zach McKinstry should sue whoever that <laughs> is for defamation. And they still have the right-handed David Bodie. <laughs> they do, which. That's not doing anybody any good. So, um, we're gonna be the Cub fans. Are gonna be, as soon as the offseason starts, you you're still not gonna have a you're not gonna have a catcher. You're just gonna be opening more holes <laughs> on the team. So it's, we can't wait. It's gonna be very exciting. But speaking of exciting, as much as they yeah. don't deserve it because of what they what they did when they tried to ruin my childhood thirty eight years ago. Um, for all nine of them, it must be a pretty exciting day to be a San Diego Padres fan. Yes. Um, the the trade to get Juan Soto, they put a lot of their top prospects in it, and it's still look. You still look at it, and you're like, yeah, you would do that every day, right? Because I. I would. You can't lose a Juan Soto trade if you're the one who gets Juan Soto. 
You automatically right. won the trade because he's going to be the best player in the trade. And that's kind of the whole idea about this. So. By a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Even if all those guys turn out to be hit, come within 80% or 90% of what you think their potential is, he's still better. Right. It is kind of a sad state though, of where we are in baseball now that there were people like, well, see the reason it's smart for the uh, Padres is they could, they could keep him for a couple of years and then they could trade him and give prospects back. <laughs> no, no, stop thinking that way. I mean, yeah, we've seen the Padres do it before and the Marlins are great at it. It's like, no, that should not be what they should not be encouraged to do that. And somebody's like, well, they're going to have to, there's no way they could pay him. They're already paying Machado. They're already paying uh, Fernando Tatis. And that's a small market. It's like, if, the, yeah, the, the thing everybody's complaining about, there's no money in baseball. That's why all these billionaires buy teams and keep them. They, it's not a matter of if they can afford them. They may choose not to, but it's their own choice. If they want to, they absolutely can keep them all. So. Right. Um, but they weren't done. They also traded for uh, the suddenly resurgent Chris Drury. utility player from the Reds who uh, has 20-some home runs already. Uh, and they did something else, I think. I don't remember. It's all a blur. Uh, I think Brandon Drury, or was it? What did I call him? Chris? Chris Drury? Oh, that's the old hockey player, right? Yes. Yeah, Brandon Drury, who's on my fantasy team. I like him so much, I renamed him. Right. Well, they had and they got Hayter a couple days ago or yeah. yesterday, and they got Josh Bell in the Soto trade. That's another right. good hit. And they got rid of. So, how'd you like to be Luke Voigt? I don't think Eric no. Hosmer is going to be on Luke Voigt's Christmas list. So the right. or, the original trade had Eric Hosmer in it, going back to the Nats. And the Padres were going to, you saw some reports they were going to pick up almost all his money and other reports they were going to pick up most of it. But yeah. he had a 10-team uh, limited no trade and the Nats were on it and he said, I want to go there. And so when the trade finally went through, Luke Voigt, who thought he was going to be playing first base with all these other guys around him, uh, is tomorrow will be playing first base for the Nationals. <laughs> like, thanks a lot, Eric, you son of a bitch. And Hosmer got traded to the Red Sox. Which is a much, I mean, kind of a weird place, but a much better situation, like you said, than the Nats. Who... Yeah. Well, maybe they think he's like Doug Mankiewicz 2.0. Right. Uh, but his contract, for as much money is left on it, it, it drops. It's $13 million a year the next three years, which in baseball... 2022 and beyond is not that much money. Well, he's probably not worth it, but he's not terribly overpaid either. Yeah. He was at the, his contract was front loaded. He was overpaid when he was making like this year, he's making $20 million. He's not a $20 million player. Right. But you can also look at it as, um, the Red Sox could easily move him if they eat like half the money. Find another team who's not on his list. And basically say, hey, how'd you like to have a good glove first baseman for six and a half million dollars? Somebody's going to say, sure. Probably be the Cubs. <laughs> sure. We can block. We got some guys in the minors. Let's block them with him. That'll be fun. 
Um, so the, you know, the pod, so the Padres made that, made those big deals. And then the Dodgers, um, went and got, uh, went up to the vineyards and got one of the Gallo brothers, Ernest Julio. No, I got Joey. Right. We can't fix Cody Bellinger, but we're going to try and fix Joey Gallo. Yeah. At the same, you just fix him at the same time. Right. In the same at bat, in the same batter's box. I read um, part of a, a Q&A that Gallo had done, I want to say with Lindsay Adler of The Athletic, and it was really sad. Uh, you know, she asked him, uh, you know, do you, do you get, you know, guff from fans, you know, when you go out? Yeah. I don't go out. <laughs> he said, I don't go outside. <laughs> I oh, don't that must be fun. <laughs> And it's like, well, I, 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 a couple guys from the Royals reached out and said, you know, they, they had sympathy for me, saying, you know, don't worry about it. Don't let the, the booing get you down. And he's like, well, that made me feel bad because it made me think that I'm a problem. I'm the problem. But, I mean, he hasn't been good, but um, Yankee fans have not let him forget it. Yeah. So. We'll see if the Dodgers can rescue his bat and emotions. I don't even know where, like, where are they going to play him? The Dodgers are, they're like, they're weird to me because I think I, in my mind, I can picture their lineup, but it always feels like they have like 14 guys that they're playing at once. It's like, where do they put everybody? They do run through, um, a lot of guys with injuries and like Max Muncy has that elbow yeah. deal. So they're not sure how much they can rely on him so much that they, you know, they put Mookie Betts at second base sometimes. And so they do a lot of weird stuff. You know, Justin Turner's hurt. So I don't know. It's they have, uh, you know, they, they had to move the great Jake Lamb to the Blue Jays. Yeah. So that's where they brought up they have a prospect, a third baseman, Miguel Vargas. Who's supposedly pretty good. So, well, and then when uh, they when they traded McKinstry to the Cubs, they called up um, is it I forget Outman's first name, James. James. And he didn't make he didn't make any outs, man. No, man, he hasn't. Almost hit for the cycle in his debut. So, yeah, you know, if the, Gallo continues to to sink. They can, I guess, put him back out there. Yeah. But. Yeah, the for the Cub fans, the Dodgers are are operating their franchise the way the Cubs were promised to, which was we're we're a big market. Um, they've got their own TV network, although they're smart. They don't they don't own the TV network. They just get the money. That's how it's <laughs> supposed to work. Um, and they whether people in LA can see it or not, right? They don't care. Half the town can't watch their games. Like, well, you got a radio, don't you? Um, <laughs> right. Better come ben to Scully's the, on there, isn't he? Better come to the park. It's like uh, maybe it's like a Bill Wirtz strategy. They're just they're just better at making it, blaming it on somebody else, right? Um, but they somehow managed to have a top payroll and a team that contends for pennants every year, and their farm system churns out talent. They never seem to have to do the okay. Now we're gonna have to suck for five years while we reload right. the farm system. It's like, oh, is that when you're when you have a high payroll, you don't have any draft picks? Is that how it works? No, 
we have them. We just were really bad at them for a long time. So we're going to make the fans pay for our ineptitude by stripping down the product they pay more money for than any other fans in baseball. They can watch this crap for five years, and then maybe we'll be good again. Oh, fun. And the Dodgers, they don't have, you know, they haven't gotten a lot of high draft picks either. They draft, somehow they figured out how to uh, get a lot of good prospects, despite the fact that they don't have high draft picks. Yeah. So, Well, so I think it was Keith Law pointed out, the um, it, not surprisingly, the Rays and Dodgers are run uh, similarly, however, one is run with a lot more money <laughs> than the other one is. But he said one of the things they both have is they have more scouts and they have more analytic people than every other team does. Hint, hint. Yes, they they put their money where their where their mouth is, and you know the Cubs invest all their money in the magic cameras that they have in the pitch lab, and that fixes everybody. <laughs> that's that's all. That's all you need is we'll get you in front of the magic camera. And we'll fix you, and it'll be great. Okay, that's that's exciting. Um, so the the Dodgers were already ridiculously good, and then decided they would get better. And the Padres decided, all right, if we're ever going to beat the freaking Dodgers, we have to load up, and that's what we're going to do. And there's the Giants <laughs> sitting up there going, um, you know, we should let's trade Darren Ruff for JD Davis. That'll fix that'll fix our problems. You know the so the Giants. I don't know if you know this. They won 107 games last year. Maybe you, maybe you <laughs> yeah. heard that. And uh, the Buster Posey retired, and then they let Chris Bryant uh, wander off to Denver, uh, which has been fine because he's he keeps falling down. Now he's got the his plantar has fasciitis, and <laughs> um, he's back on the injured list again. But they didn't replace uh, either guy. And then other guys got hurt, like Brandon Belt. All the Brandons got hurt. Brandon Belt, Brandon Crawford. Is it Brandon Yastrzemski? No, it's Mike. He's not hurt. He's playing. It might as well be. And they just kind of went, well, we're not really going to sell, but this is not really going to, this isn't going to happen for us this year. So, um, then there was our buddies, the Cardinals, who I'm, I have a feeling this is overstated, but I'm still going to enjoy it anyway. Um, who apparently he kept seeing reported that while well, the Cardinals are in it, but they refuse to give Dylan Carlson to get Juan Soto, and that might be the right. deal breaker. So for the rest of his career, Dylan Carlson will be the guy that kept the Cardinals from getting Juan <laughs> Soto. <laughs> it might not be true at all, but I'm going to enjoy it. <laughs> and they traded Harrison Bader. I was kind of surprised at that. Yeah, as a Cub fan, he's he's just so annoying. I've yeah. I it's not enough to ship him out of the league. I was hoping is there are there any Martian colonies that have to play baseball they could send him there. <laughs> this stupid perm and his that he wears that neck thing all the time. It's like it's eighty five degrees out. You you don't your neck is not gonna get cold. I'm gonna watch um what am I gonna watch? Uh, for all mankind. They're on Mars now and yes. we'll see if there's baseball on Mars and I'll take I'll get back to you. Yes, I also watched that show. Um, yeah, like they traded for the the Yankees. Uh, seemed to all of a sudden at the end of the deadline, like Cashman is like, uh, we need to we need to get rid of Jordan Montgomery for some reason. 
Well, they got Frankie Montas. I know they have other. You know, they're they have other parts. I think think they're looking into the future and saying, well, you know, we're, maybe we'll get Severino back or, or somebody like that, and a couple other people. So there won't be enough starts for Jordan Montgomery, yeah. I guess. But they had Benintendi to play left field, and they get rid of Gallo. They still have Aaron Hicks, and they have Aaron Judge, and they have uh, Aaron Stanton, and they have Aaron all, Ruth. They got all the Aarons. Well, and um, Bader's hurt, and isn't going to be back till September. Yeah. So it just it seemed odd. He's got the plantar fasciitis, too. Yeah. It's going around. Well, it's, it's like the monkeypox. <laughs> um... Yeah, and then the um, then the Cardinals traded their backup catcher, right? Because Yachty's coming back. Yachty's return is imminent, or maybe happened today. I don't know. He, I... Uh, he, yeah, he caught Wainwright whenever Wainwright last threw this week. Oh, or so he's so. back, back. I thought he was still uh, getting kicked out of uh, semi-pro basketball games in Puerto Rico. <laughs> I don't know if you saw the video of that. So he owns a basketball team in Puerto Rico, and when he got hurt, he just went home. You know, this, the guy who they all talk about, he's the team leader, you know, he's valuable. He's, he's such a kid's a baseball intellect is so sharp. You just think, okay, well, when he's hurt, I'm sure he's like still in the catcher's meetings and stuff. He's like, no, he's in Puerto Rico. He owns a basketball team. He's at the game and he's wearing, he has his own jersey. So he's wearing his, he's the owner, but he's wearing a jersey. And he didn't like a call on the court and he ran out on the court and he basically did the Tim Anderson thing. He was. He was bumping the ref and got thrown out of the game in Puerto Rico. It's like, all right, well, oh, there he, that's where he is? That's good. I'm glad he's back. The Cardinals need his um, his 62 OPS plus plunked right in the middle of that lineup. That'll be good. He had he's to come at, back. Yeah. He had to come back because he's got he's to come to the last game at Wrigley so that the Cubs can give him one of those scoreboard tiles. <laughs> Right. <laughs> Talk about the most like, unoriginal. They've given one to everybody. I, I, they're probably at some point they're not going to be able to post the scores. Yeah. Right. God, I hope nobody's. Wait a minute. We gave uh, we gave Hap one for no reason. Nobody better score eight runs today because we don't have any eights. We're all out. <laughs> <laughs> Tell him he's got to give up a two run homer. We don't have an eight. That shouldn't be a problem with this guy. Yeah, you mentioned uh, how he just kind of booked it for home. When he got hurt, I was reading a story uh, in the New York Times about the uh, potential for an international draft and uh, Puerto Rican guy, Puerto Rican guys. That sounds weird when I put it that way. Puerto Rican players um, are they have to be drafted already? Yep. But I guess the the, the writer asked uh, a bunch of players about the, the potential for an international draft. And the, the quote on Yadier Molina was that he didn't really have any interest in replying about the story. So I thought it was strange that he had no opinion on that. And I, I maybe link it a little bit to what you're saying about this great teammate leaving for Puerto Rico in the middle of the baseball season. It's like, all right, I guess he is – his wealth of baseball knowledge does have some limits, I guess. Maybe he thought that they were talking about they want to have a draft for the semi-pro basketball league. <laughs> oh, I don't have any opinion on that. Mm. <laughs> I'm going to be suspended. I'm not. I can't talk about <laughs> I that. I can't talk about. Yeah, that. maybe. Maybe that's it. 
So the very the last you know there's always trades that creep in under the like five o'clock comes and then you wait because there's always trades the most five forty two the most famous example of that for Cub fans was in two thousand four when the Cubs had a game that ended right about the time of the end of the trade deadline and Dusty walks into the post game and does chat and they said well are you disappointed that you guys didn't make any moves he's like oh who says we didn't make any moves. <laughs> and a few minutes later, they came out and announced the the complicated the the Nomar Garcia Parra trade, which uh, I had seen it, but my mom called me and goes, "Did you see the Cubs got no rod?" <laughs> yeah, I did. I saw that. No rod. No rod. It was cute that she was, you know, she just combined a rod and Nomar. And she got no rod. <laughs> <laughs> No, and then a, uh, 2019, uh, it looked like the Cubs hadn't made any moves, and we found out that they had gotten Nick Castellanos. The The first one today that popped up after the deadline was all over uh, was uh, Whit Merrifield being traded. Mm. And the, the sweetest irony of it all, he got traded to the Blue Jays. <laughs> the guy who couldn't go play in Toronto, a couple, was it last week, two weeks ago, because he's not vaccinated, but then said, well, you know, if I get traded to a contender, maybe I get the vaccine. Gets traded to Canada. <laughs> so yes. Apparently he'll be getting the jab. Now, but he, so they can get vaccinated and just like walk right in. You don't have to wait like X amount of days. Can you just get vaccinated that day? Can you get like, can they put you right at the airport and send you on in? I honestly don't know the. I mean, that's a good question. I don't know the answer. I, I think, as I recall, I mean, I don't know what the rule is, but when we, when us normal people were getting vaccinated, it supposedly took a few days mm-hmm. for you to become, you know, to get your defenses up. Yep. So uh, I, I don't, I don't know that they care in the case of right. this player, uh, you know. Is he fully vaccinated, you know, uh, 10 seconds after getting the shot? No, but on paper, he, it works. So I think they'll they'll accept him in Canada, I would imagine. Yeah, do they just give him his two shots and his booster all at once? <laughs> there you go. <laughs> right. Jab, jab, yeah. jab. All right. Wait, it, wait, you might feel like shit for a while. Oh. Right. Told you stuff doesn't work. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> it also, though, didn't seem like a like a fit. With the Blue Jays, uh, I, mean, well, can he play, he, he, I guess can he play center field? Because isn't George Springer? That's why the, apparently why the Blue Jays were interested in Ian Happ was because Springer's injured and they thought they might have to play Happ in center. <laughs> We've seen that. You don't want to do that, but you know, go get it. He hasn't done it a lot, but it has happened that he's played center. Uh, the Royals have Michael Taylor, who's good out there, won a Gold Glove, in fact. Yeah. So they haven't needed it to happen. Um, theoretically, it could. I think he he's really, although I don't know what the numbers are this year, he had been really good at second. He'd been okay in right and whatever in center. He's got speed. So I suppose that between second base, right field, and center field, they could find time for him. Maybe they'll, they could play. They, maybe they could put T. Oscar in center for uh, for five games so that I can keep play him there on my fantasy team. Oh yeah! I'll Why call, don't they think I'll like call? That? I'll call uh, Justin Trudeau and ask. <laughs> I thought you were going to say Ross Atkins, but you went right for the top. <laughs> Does he run everything in Canada? 
Um, that's how that's how communism works. Yes, that's right. To the right, right to the czar. Um. So yeah, so the Brewers traded away Josh Hader. I don't know if you saw the. Did you see the Devin Williams <laughs> locker room reaction to that trade? I didn't. Did, did not seem happy. And he was like, "Hey, you're gonna be the closer." And he's just kind of like, you know, kind of gave the. I thought we were trying to win. Why? Yeah, right. We gave away like we had me and him at the end of the game, and other than that one week when Josh gave up home runs to everybody, it pretty much worked. And he's just kind of looking like, "What are we doing?" You know, there is an eighth inning too. Well, but they addressed that because they made a trade today with the Giants for Trevor Rosenthal. <laughs> oh, man. He played for the Giants. Yeah, You know how many career games he played for the Giants? He signed earlier this year. Uh, I believe none. None. Yes, he played zero. I, some Giants fan made a sarcastic thank you, you know, like one of those thank you graphics with his stats. <laughs> zero innings, zero appearances, <laughs> zero strikeouts. So they got him, so that'll fix that. Um it just seems really odd every every trade deadline. It seems like it comes and goes, and the Brewers, who have this offense that doesn't do anything, just kind of seem cool with it. Like, yeah. Like, the last year, early in the year, they got Willie Adamas, and that helped. But that's yeah. pretty much it. They're kind of like, yeah, yeah, we don't score. That's our thing. Why Andrew McCutcheon is all right. Why, me- why mess with a good thing? We don't score. That'll be all right. Rowdy, Rowdy Tejas is going to hit 30 homers and drive in 38 runs, and we're cool with that, so... But they are in first place, so you can't argue with success, I guess. I thought the Cardinals won. Who's in first? Who's on first? Yeah. Well, yeah, that's right. Um, Phillies made some moves. They got the aforementioned Dave David Robertson, uh, who um, they recently paid $23 million to over three years uh, to pitch um, seven times. Right. They well, they're going to get that money's worth yeah. now. They asked him what the difference was. Um, like, do you feel different? Than, yeah, he said, my elbow doesn't hurt this time. Because <laughs> 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 it might work out. He was smart enough. He got a uh, he had a $100,000 relocation clause in his contract. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it seems like you could get a mover for less than hundred grand, but uh, <laughs> he should he actually he should read the fine print because the Cubs negotiated it. It could very well be, you know, we'll pay up to. But you have to turn in the receipts. <laughs> here's your four, here's fifty eight hundred dollars. Where's the rest of it? Well, you didn't spend it. They can't have the rest of it. We're giving away money around here. Uh, they also got Noah Syndergaard. And I don't know if you saw Noah, um, probably on his way to the plane, uh, tweeted out a video of himself from a few years ago, uh, stealing the Philly Fanatics uh, four wheeler. Right. This could be awkward. <laughs> that, that was funny. <laughs> He's a clever man. Yeah. Um, so the Twins traded for, uh, what did we decide this guy says his name? Tyler Molly? Um, Male? Molly. Ma- Mahalo? Oh, that's Mahalo. Hawaii. Welcome to Hawaii. Tyler Mahalo. <laughs> so they got him. He's actually, uh, I mean, he's, he's at the bottom of the good pitchers. Like the past three years or so, I looked it up, and he's got he's like fifteenth in on FanGraphs in WAR 
Uh, a little bit on Joe Musgrove to throw a name out since uh, over the past three seasons. So he's good. He doesn't seem like he's that much better than like Jake Odorizzi, but he probably is. Yeah, and think about how how bad the Reds were with him and Luis Castillo, and think how bad they're going to be now without and the- all the other players. As somebody else pointed out. Um, you know, if the Cubs, if part of what they were, part of their hope was to get a nice high draft pick by keeping Wilson and Ian, uh, and the, uh, and like the Reds just completely bottoming out and, um, the Nats, it's like, well, you're not catching them. You're going to accidentally right. win a few games. So you're not going to, you're not getting into the top. What is it? Three. Well, there's lottery now, you know, who knows what could happen. David Stern could come and there could be a frozen envelope and yep. you don't know. Rob Manfred would never rig anything. It's a man of all kinds of stuff. Um, so the Orioles, there were people confused by the Orioles because they're kind of hanging around uh, at the at the nether regions. <laughs> that doesn't sound good. Of the <laughs> wild, of the wild, of the for the third wild card spot, and they traded Trey Mancini. Don't day. say nether regions about around Trey Mancini. That's true. And uh, today they traded uh, actor comedian George Lopez, who right. apparently was closing for them. I didn't know that. I he seems old to be a baseball player, but whatever. Um, he's been around. I looked at it and said, "Look, I think Trey's a great story, and he's a pre- he's a good player. He's he's not that good. He's his stat. You look at his. It's like okay, Trey's that they're not really going to miss that. It did seem odd to trade your closer if you." if you think you're um, playing for something. But we saw a similar uh, situation last year when the Mariners traded Kendall Graveman to the Astros. And somebody asked Jerry DePoto, and he's basically like, well, yeah, he's got great stats now. In other <laughs> words, he's, we, didn't, we weren't going to press our luck. He's going to keep doing this for the next two months. So we traded him. But I guess yeah, and that trade was a lot like the hater trade. They got back a another a, a decent relief pitcher in that deal, and they get like the Padre. The Padres sent Taylor Rogers to the uh, so for for Hader. So it's kind of like oh, this guy's sort of like Josh Hader. This guy's sort of like Kendall Graveman. It didn't exactly work out, but yeah, the Brewers thing. Um... Rodgers will become the eighth inning guy, and then Devin, presumably, and Williams will become the ninth inning guy. So, um, you know, you didn't—you're not even replacing like the the um, poor man's version of Josh Hader. Um, he's not even replacing Josh Hader. He's replacing Devin Williams, who's replacing Josh Hader. I'm complicating, overcomplicating things. But yeah, that's why I like it's that. a little bit of a shell game. Uh, the Brewers also got Matt Bush, who I'll be honest, I had I saw him the other day. I was flipping around. And I saw a Rangers game. I'm like, oh, he still pitches for the Rangers. Now he doesn't. He pitches for the Brewers now, which could be awkward. What a life! He probably he probably shouldn't be pitching for the Brewers. Well, that's fine. Probably not. No. The Cardinals' first trade today was they got old friend uh, Jose Quintana. 
who's had a pretty decent year for the Pirates. Um, but he was bad last year for the Angels, and he was bad at the end for the Cubs. So good luck with that. We had the interesting thing last night where um, Red Sox and Astros are playing each other, and the Astros trade for the Red Sox catcher, Christian Vasquez. And if you see him getting interviewed on the field by the Red Sox, he just found out, and he's standing yeah. there on the field, and the Red Sox reporters are around him, and one of the Red Sox PR guys comes and grabs him, <laughs> drags him off the field. <laughs> and then the Red Sox were bitch. He just sat in the uh, – he was just in the uh, batter's meeting. He knows how uh, – <laughs> Right. He knows Home how sun. we're going to pitch them all. It's like, yeah, guys, I got to tell you that. Um, I think it was. Um, I think it's in Ball Four, where Bouton's making fun of those meetings. Mm-hmm. He said, "Everyone is don't throw this guy a first pitch fastball." <laughs> he goes, "They say that nine times, and then you go out." It's like the meeting is not that useful, guys. It's uh, it's all right. Let me guess: first ball fastball hitter. Yeah, all right. <laughs> So is there anybody that you think is um, any contender who is appreciably better than they were, uh, say, two days ago? And any uh, any contender who is um, didn't do themselves any favors? Well, do the White Sox count as a contender? You, they didn't no. do, we know they did right. not do themselves anything, almost, except for Jake Diekman. Jake Diekman. So, like, that's a team that you would think uh, if somebody's going to trade for Whit Merrifield, who would have thought maybe been the White Sox. Huh. Now that you mention it, but, I mean, I just had not heard, you know, you were talking, again, we were talking about what the uh, the, the word on the street seemed to be with uh, Wilson Contreras. There seemed to be no words on the street for the White Sox at all. There's nothing brewing no, the only buzz about him was uh, everybody was having fun uh, retweeting uh, Tony LaRusso falling asleep at the beginning of the game yesterday. And there was the, the oh, you tried to trade for Shohei Otani. That's right. Actually, the, the White Sox <laughs> talk guys at NBC Sports actually yeah, but... made a graphic. <laughs> they know they're losing them to another channel so they can make fun of them. I think that's what's going on. Yeah, so, uh, you know, and Jake Diekman is, a, I mean, he's he's a guy. So he helps a little bit, I guess. But, um, yeah, so they didn't do themselves any favors. But, you know, they're suddenly going to start playing better baseball here in the last two months of the season for some reason. Yep. I don't see how that – that's what they think or that's what they hope. I like what the Braves did. Uh, they got Rizal Iglesias and, um, you know, they traded Will one of the Will Smiths yep. for uh, Jake Odorizzi, who's not great, but I think – Will Smith might be getting toward the end a little bit. That was good. And um, who else did they have? Well, they added Robbie Grossman, who's really unsexy sounding, but they did a good job last year adding a bunch of outfielders and uh, needed to. And so, you know, I think they're uh, they're probably a little better than they were. Um, you know, the White Sox didn't help themselves. Uh the Brewers kind of backtracked a little bit. The Cardinals got a little better, I think, or at least in better position to 
do a pennant race. Um, you know, I don't know if, if the Royals got – well, the Royals aren't a contender, but I don't know that they got anything for Whit Merrifield. I mean, they got a couple of decent secondary prospects, but the Royals are a million miles away anyway. So um, let me think here. I mean, I, the, you know, we ask ourselves, you know, can the Padres win the World Series now? I think maybe. Um, you know, Juan Soto, presumably Fernando Tatis – Manny Machado, that's a pretty fun three-ninths of a lineup. Um, you know, we'll see how you Darvish pitches and uh, some of the other changes that they made. Uh, you know, in the in the postseason, the, the absolutely most talented team very often doesn't win, uh, doesn't necessarily have to win. So I think that, you know, they, they certainly have put themselves in position to, to actually go ahead and do it and win. So, uh, I mean – um the Dodgers surprised me a little bit that their that their moves were so minor. Um I I like generally the moves that the, the twins made. Um Seattle getting Luis Castillo, I think he was the best starting pitcher on the market. So that's good. The Mets didn't really it's curious, you know, that they didn't add Contreras at catcher or uh, you know, I kind of like the move, you know, the Vogelbach move. He was hitting better than his results were showing. Um, maybe they'll get lucky with uh, Darren Ruff, too. Um, so, I don't know. I, I don't know if that answers your yeah. question. But. Um, yeah, Darren Ruff likes to hit homers against the Dodgers. That might come in handy in the playoffs right. at some point. But that was a good. That to your point, I mean, the most talented team does not always win the World Series. The Dodgers have won through all this, and it was the pandemic year. They won the only World Series right. they won is in the, the sixty game, um, you know, pseudo season. But they, if you over the last well since like twenty fourteen, the last eight year, last nine seasons, they're probably the most talented team in baseball, and they've got one World Series to show for it. Right. I mean, there was a garbage can involved in one of those. That may have, right. may have influenced that a little bit, but uh, yeah. So the the in the National League, it if the Giants don't get their act together, which I can't imagine they're going to, um, there's not a lot of drama coming. As the seeding is basically what they're playing for, right? Because uh, you want to be, you want to be the have one of the two best records of a division winner, so you can set out the first three days. But uh, uh, will Philadelphia get in instead of the second place team in the Central? That's probably the the question as far as the playoffs go. The, the like the one big unanswered question. You know, you figure the Mets or Atlanta will get in. And it'll come down to will Philadelphia be better than the Cardinals yeah. or the Brewers? Figuring that the Dodgers and San Diego will get into. Obviously, the Dodgers will. Uh, there was some uh, somebody. Had, well, there was a rumor yesterday that maybe the Phillies would be interested in uh, Ian Happ. And somebody, what well, Cub fan is like, ah, can you imagine? Wait till they have to trot out an outfield of Schwarber, Happ, and Castellanos. 
<laughs> and I was thinking, I guarantee you that happened. And I found it. It happened once. And um, it must have been 2019. And it was a September game in Philly that the Cubs lost 11 to 1. <laughs> I was like, yeah, they tried it. It didn't work. <laughs> Don't do that. A lot of balls just rolling to the wall everywhere. And as somebody else pointed out, that was uh, during a stretch of games where uh, Joel was mixing and matching the outfield so much that uh, at the beginning of a game, Castellanos ran out to right field and did his whole, like, waved at the crowd and did all the thing and turned around. Jason Hayward was standing there, and Jason was just pointing to left field. <laughs> like, uh, Nick, you're not playing right field today. <laughs> you're in left field. So he had to <laughs> run through the grass over to his other spot. I guarantee you he knew where he was in the batting order, though. Yes. Yeah, so the National League wild card. Um, yeah, there's for three spots, there's four teams, and the Cardinals and uh, Phillies were tied. The Cardinals are uh, beating the Cubs at the moment. That's probably over by now. Uh, the Giants are four out, and that's about it. The Marlins are eight and a half, so there's your drama there. Uh, the American League, though, uh, for the... Um, for the last wild card spot, actually, Seattle's only a game up for the second one. So from the second wild card spot down, you've got Seattle, Tampa, Cleveland, Baltimore, the White Sox, and the Red Sox, all within two games. Right. So there's where your there's where your drama will be late in the season. And basically, none of those teams going for it with deadline deals. Not very much. Yeah. Yeah, the, the whole white side thing was curious. Um, you know, it, it really felt like they certainly would have been justifiable for them to have tried to just shake it up. You know, they've got so many pieces that just don't quite fit. Like, they right. don't really have a spot for Andrew Vaughn, and if they certainly don't have a spot for Gavin Sheets and Andrew Vaughn, you know, do you trade one of those guys and try to get, try to fill something else? They've gotten. Very little out of second base, and Yoan Makata has not had a good year again at third. Everybody seems to be hurt. Um, Eloy has started to hit, and then they had video of him um, taking ground balls at third base, just you know jacking around before the game. It's like you just know he's going to hurt himself, <laughs> right? So like, why is he doing that? So they should probably put up more nets. <laughs> Just they should get him like a, they should put him in like one a, a beekeeper outfit, <laughs> right? So he's all it's just he's surrounded by net, and just have him want, have him play out there. Um, I mean that is certainly part of their problem, right? Is they have, um, they've they've just got they've got so many guys who really can't play a position. Eloy's not a good left fielder. They don't really have a right fielder. Um. And they have two first basemen and, and they don't bunch who need to play DH and not including even Grandal who might be cooked and has to play DH sometimes. Cause he can't always catch. Yeah. It's not a good mix. No, just Moncada hasn't really been the same in one way or another ever since he got COVID. Yep. I don't know if that's still going on, if that's a problem or that's lingering, but 
Jake Berger was actually okay. I don't know about defensively, but he was hitting well at third base. Uh, and Tim Anderson hasn't been quite the same dude this year either. And you mentioned second base, which has just been a hellhole. Luis Roberts uh, has a mysterious – they activated him. He's got some kind of blurred vision. I'm not sure from what. I don't remember when that started or why. He was perhaps staring at an eclipse. (laughs) Right. Um, No, I was going to say about Andrew Vaughn. They, uh, La Russa gave some tortured explanation about how they need to build. He needs to build up uh, the stamina and his legs to be able to play the outfield. And he was literally talking about being able to stand out there. It's like, wait, what is? <laughs> wait, what? Just just put a feigning couch out there for him. Then he can just lay. He can he can lay down between pitches. It's like he's like what? He's like twenty five years old, and he should be able to stand in the outfield for three hours because it's, you don't stand there for three hours. You stand there for maybe half of it, and you get to run in and sit down. So, right. Ugh, maybe they should just have him play the outfield closest to the dugout. So in some parks he plays left, some parks he plays right. You don't want him to have to run all the way across the field. Just whatever's closest. And if you want, I don't to want to go, call it ingenious, but that's if, and if and, and Andrew, if you want to just go, if you want to go sit in the bullpen when you think you might not come up, just do that. <laughs> Maybe we'll ask the other team if it'd be okay if you just in the old days they used to, players just left their gloves on the field. Maybe he could just lay in the grass. Or sit on a sit on a glove. <laughs> he just promised to get out of the way if the ball's hit any, anywhere near you. That'd be good. Does he does he need one of those sticks that you know, like sticks that turn into a little stool? <laughs> I don't know what those are called, but would they let him do that? He maybe they could build something into his pants. <laughs> Where if he starts to squat, the the little chair legs come out, and he can just kind of oh, this is nice, like a Bracabella, but for the butt. I'm really worried about him, and he apparently was the guy that the Cubs really wanted last year and couldn't get, and got Nick Madrigal instead because he is, you know, he projects to be a really good hitter. Yeah, he is a good hitter. Uh, but it's like, oof, I I have a feeling we got about the Cubs would have got about as many games out of him as they've gotten out of Nick, which is not not too many. I'm pretty sure that in certain other scenarios, you mentioned shaking up the White Sox, that they would have changed managers if he yeah. wasn't who he was. Yep. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But you know, they, I'm sure they don't even. They, I, I'll bet, guarantee nobody even goes to ask Jerry. Right. This is not a, hey, Jerry, do you think maybe we ought to think about this? This is a, don't even, you know, I mean. There's already the talk. Sox fans are already like, do we, we already miss the window? Hmm. And maybe they did. Um, it seems like know. a smaller window. Maybe it's a, maybe there is a window, but. No. And maybe, this is, could be great, maybe they're just not as good as everybody well, thought they were. As I was, as I've thought in my own mind, what would happen if they did fire La Russa? I think to myself, well, I mean, is that even the problem? I'm, I know it's a problem, but I don't know how much it matters no. um, because of all these things. You know, I don't. It's not. I don't think that Eloy being Eloy has anything to do with Larusa, and Robert being what's going on with him has anything to do with that, or or the fact that there's nowhere. It's not like I mean, Larusa's making some strange decisions and mistakes, but I don't. You can't fix – no manager can fix what 
as you mentioned, these problems are with not having a position for so many players. Yeah. Well, maybe, maybe Tony should teach Andrew Vaughn how to play right field. Why doesn't he teach him how to do that? What are we paying him all this money for? He should teach him. Just go out there, hit him fungos for, well, you can't because he gets exhausted. That's the problem. <laughs> That's why his legs are tired. Him and Larusa, they both get exhausted because Larusa's <laughs> 87 years old. Is Tony here? Yeah, he's asleep in his SUV. It's parked in right field. <laughs> On the warning track. <laughs> he got here early to work with Vaughn. Is Vaughn here? Yes, he's laying in the grass in front of the SUV. We're getting a, we're getting a lot done this morning. That's, things are going to be great. <laughs> Well, so it was an eventful, eventful trade deadline. It was a lot of um, events. It was just it was, <laughs> it was two years in a row now for Cub fans. Last year there was the the kick in the balls that all the key members of the um, World Series team were all shipped out within a matter of like three days. Aunt Rizzo went yeah. first, and then Javi and Bryant went uh, right at the deadline. Um. And there, it was funny. There were already people who were like, oh, I just can't take it again. It's like, there's only one guy left, guys. Right. If you've already come to terms that Wilson's leaving, it shouldn't be that sad. And then he didn't leave. So we got they get, we got to get mad instead of upset. Because then it's like, all right, right. what are we doing? If you didn't and confused. <sighs> but I'm sure I'm sure there's a there's a great plan in place, and they're following it. And it's all going to work out just fine. Cause I can't great. wait to see where it goes. Well, fans of other teams will be gearing up and getting ready for exciting um, playoff races, and uh, Cup fans will be just playing out the string. Something that we got used to as youth and thought maybe we wouldn't have to do all the time again, but it's back, so that's fun. All right, but I'm sure we'll have more stuff to talk about. Sounds good, Andy. All right. Well, thanks. All right, thank you. Many of us have herpes. 